Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, I was having an interesting discussion with a couple this week who wanted to pay family members um, for their long-term care insurance plan that we were designing for them. And I was going over the options with them as we have three different carriers who offer asset-based long-term care plans that allow you to pay family members because they provide you with a cash benefit, meaning when you go on claim, they're just going to send you the full monthly benefit in cash. And that's the feature that allows you to pay for what they call informal care or pay for a family member. However, this client also wanted to have a lifetime long-term care plan. And this means that you never run out of your benefits when you go on claim, regardless of how long you're on claim. The lifetime benefit plan is our most popular plan for couples. It's the plan that I have myself personally. And it just allows you a guaranteed long-term care benefit for as long as you need it. And for married couples, one person can't have an effect on the other person's benefits. So that's really nice. The problem we ran into when we were sent down to design this plan is that lifetime benefit plans don't allow you to pay family members for care. Lifetime benefit plans pay claims on reimbursement, which means you can only pay for formal or licensed care. So that means you've got to have those caregivers provide the work, turn in a receipt to the insurance company, the insurance company reimburses you up to your limit. So naturally, the question from our clients was, why don't all insurance companies allow you to pay family members? Which in turn simply means, why don't all companies pay indemnity or cash benefits versus reimbursement? Now, remember, insurance is no different than any other item we purchase. There are features and benefits that vary between the different offerings from the different companies that offer you know, those products. Just like when we purchase a new car, there are different options available, and not every company is going to offer the exact same vehicle. They will all provide transportation for us, but there are different designs in the vehicles themselves. Long-term care insurance is similar. Regardless of the plan you purchase, they will all provide a tax-free benefit for long-term care services in the future and will protect your assets and your family. But there are differences in the way the plans are designed. So when we are looking at putting a plan in place, we have to make some decisions on what features and benefits that we want and how important are they. How long do we want our plan to last? How much do we want to be able to pull out of that plan? Do we want the flexibility to be able to pay a family member? Are we willing to give up lifetime benefits in order to get that flexibility? So those are all decisions we have to make. So let's go back to the car lot for a second. Decisions have to be made, right? Size, capacity, feature, and benefits. But you don't design and build your car on the lot. You have to choose from the options that are offered by a particular manufacturer and weigh the options. And often you have to give up some features and benefits for other features and benefits that are more important to you. You know, gas mileage for room or towing capacity, for example. Well, long-term care insurance planning works the same way. If we want lifetime benefits, we want that true catastrophic policy, which is only offered by one company, then we have to give up the ability to pay for informal care or pay for family members. If you want to pay family members, you have to give up the option of lifetime benefits and you also have to give up that concierge claim support because that's a feature that's offered by the lifetime benefit but not by the cash benefit companies. So this is why we do our webinars and we have this podcast is because we want to make sure that our clients have a good idea on some of the options and the different ways you can design long-term care plans as everyone is not going to want or need the same thing. I mean, imagine if you didn't know anything about cars at all and you just showed up to a car lot. It'd be tough to make that decision. And we look at long-term care planning the same way. If you don't know the options that are out there, you don't know some of the features and the benefits of these various plans, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it sometimes and make those decisions. So why don't all companies offer indemnity or those cash benefits that allow you to pay a family member? I mean, that's a good question, and I want to go over that today, but first I want to back up a little bit and discuss the basic differences on indemnity, or what we call cash, and again, that's just a fancy word, indemnity just means cash benefits, and the reimbursement plans, the plans that require the receipts. So let's start with that. Let's start with the reimbursement plans. This is the standard way insurance companies are going to pay out benefits. 
receipts are sent to the insurance company and they will reimburse you up to your monthly limit. So if you have $8,000 a month of insurance and you're spending six, you're going to get a check for $6,000. If you're spending $10,000, you're going to get a check for $8,000. So they will give you up to your monthly limit. You can have those funds paid directly to you or to your caregivers, or like when my grandmother moved to an assisted living facility, the insurance company just wrote the checks directly to the assisted living facility. So that's very common. Any unused amounts stay in your policy for you to use later. So again, think of a bucket of money, long-term care insurance. If you can take $8,000 a month out, but you're only taking 4000 out, well, that other 4000 that you didn't take out this month just stays in the bucket for you to take out at a future date. So now you you have a limit of $8,000 a month. So what that means is if you leave some money in that bucket, you don't use all your monthly benefit, your policy is just going to last longer. And so that is very common. And so, you know, someone that has three years minimum of coverage, it might last them four or five years because they didn't use the full monthly benefit. The other great thing about reimbursement plans, there's no paperwork required at the end of the year. The IRS doesn't have you do anything. You get a 1099 LTC that is checked reimbursement. That means that the insurance companies did all the paperwork. They were responsible for that. So you don't have any burden of paperwork filing at all. All benefits come back to you tax-free regardless of the amount received on reimbursement. So it doesn't matter if you're getting 10000 20000 30000 a month. It's going to be tax-free if it's checked reimbursement. You can only use your benefits for licensed or what we call formal care. So that means somebody that is licensed and trained to provide care for you. And that care can be in your home or it can be in a facility. That doesn't matter. It just has to be what we call formal care. So no family members. Okay, let's flip the coin over now and let's talk about these indemnity plans or the cash plans. And again, there's three companies out there that offer asset-based plans that we work with that offer cash benefits. Meaning when you go on claim, they don't ask for receipts. They just send you a check. Okay, so once you trigger the claim, you're going to receive your full monthly benefit. Now, technically, if you have that same $8,000 a month benefit and you're only using four, you could tell the insurance company to only send you four, but we don't recommend that. We say, you know, bank that money. That money's going to come to you if you're only spending four and you're getting eight, put the 4000 in your savings account so you can maintain control of that money. So you're going to get the full benefits paid directly to you. You can also have that money paid to your power of attorney. It doesn't matter. Here's the deal, though. You're going to receive that benefit every month. At the end of the year, you are required to do some additional paperwork, and that's going to be Form 8853. Basically, that is a form that you're going to fill out when you do your taxes or your CPA is going to do this because, again, most people in long-term care situations are not doing their own taxes. They might have a family member or a CPA, but that person doing the taxes is going to fill out Form 8853, and that's just simply going to ask you, you know, how much did you get paid, which you're going to have on your 1099 because it's going to be a 1099 LTC, and the IRS is going to know that. And so then you also have to verify who you paid and how much did you pay out for costs. So technically, if if you're receiving a 1099 LTC, it's going to be checked indemnity. That's when you have to fill out the Form 8853. And so the CPAs are going to say you need to keep track of what you're paying for because, again, you can't go out and buy a boat with your long-term care insurance, but you can pay for care services. As a general rule, the IRS has some limits. They're going to say $400 a day or it's $12,000 a month. So it's $400 a day, what they call a per diem limit. As long as you're receiving less than that, the IRS is generally going to leave you alone. They could still technically come in and audit you and say, hey, we need you to send me a journal or ledger or receipts for what you're paying for. But as a general rule, if you're under 12000 it doesn't create any tax issues. If you're receiving over $12,000 a month, that's fine but you have to be able to verify to the IRS that you're actually spending that money on qualified long-term care services. And if you're not, then you have to claim that money that you're receiving from the insurance company as income and pay tax on it. But you don't lose that. So imagine you're getting $20,000 a month out of it, you know, cash indemnity plan, and you can only justify that you're spending 15000 Well, that other $5,000 is still your money. It's just that you have to claim that as income. So it's, you know, it's still kind of a win-win, right? But here's the deal. The cash indemnity plans allow you to pay family members. That's the key. You can pay for informal care. You can hire somebody from the community. You can pay a family member because there are no receipts required when you receive your benefits. Reimbursement says, send us the receipt in. We're going to reimburse you for the money that you're spending. You don't have any paperwork. Cash indemnity says, hey, here's your money. You take care of the paperwork. So that's the main difference on there. But the cash plans allow you to pay family members. So in a nutshell, you just have to remember that reimbursement requires receipts. It simplifies the paperwork at the uh, year, year end, right? Basically, at year end, you don't have to do any of that paperwork. 
Indemnity or those cash benefit plans require a bit more record keeping, but no receipts are required at the time you receive that care and you are allowed to pay family members. Now, I need to take a quick break, but stick around. I'm going to uh, take you back to 1985 when I had a mouthful of metal, and I'm going to explain why not all companies offer cash benefits. I'll be back in two minutes. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. Okay, uh, we're back, and um, we've got a class actually this Thursday coming up at 3 p.m. You just heard some ads. We've got a live webinar, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Central Time. What is that, 6 p.m. East Coast Time? Um, but anyway, that is um, free class. Just cl- go to website, 525longtermcare.com. Click on the uh, attend an event, and we will send you a link. And all you do is you pop that open in your browser, and you get to watch the webinar. You can send us questions. It's just a great way to get started. So, again, that next class, our only class for September, is Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So we started off the program today talking about designing a plan for a couple who wanted to know why all plans don't allow you to pay family family members with the long-term care insurance. And it really boils down to the difference between a reimbursement plan versus an indemnity benefit plan. And not all companies pay indemnity benefits. There's only three companies that do this. In fact, if we go back to you know the 1990s, the early 2000s, there were actually quite a few traditional companies that offered cash or what we call those indemnity benefits. And I have a close friend, actually, whose uh, mother was on claim in in Colorado Springs who was on a traditional pay-as-you-go plan, but when she went on claim, she received her benefits. They were indemnity, so they just sent her a check for, I think it was like $9,000, and they were only spending $6,000. But she was under the IRS limit, so she was able to just, family was able to bank that difference and, and make that money. So that was very common, and not so much anymore. So what happened? Why do there's not a traditional company out there that offers a cash benefit? In fact, Mutual of Omaha will allow you to take 25% of your monthly benefit in cash or the whole benefit. You don't get both. So imagine you have $4,000 a month of long-term care insurance. They say you can either have $1,000 cash or you can have $4,000, but that's reimbursement. You have to choose either or. And so that's the closest thing we have out there. 
Well, why did the companies get away from that? Well, there's several reasons um, that, that most companies don't offer these indemnity plans anymore. And the two biggest reasons are, number one, it's more expensive in the short run than reimbursement plans. And the reason why is because, think about it, most long-term care plans, they start out relatively slow, like my grandmother, a couple days a week having somebody come in, and then they'll escalate over time and ramp up. Well, initially, you're not needing that full monthly benefit. Well, in the cash benefit plans, the insurance companies are just paying out that full benefit regardless of what you're spending. So it's more expensive on the front end for those insurance companies. But the second reason and the most important reason we're going to talk about today is fraud. Claims fraud is a big part of why indemnity or cash benefit plans are more expensive to the insurance companies and reimbursement. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, I was teasing you there before the break. I'm going to take you back to 1985. So let's do that before we start talking about fraud. So let's go back to January 1985. I was a senior in high school and I had a full mouth of metal. I got braces when I was a junior in high school, and I was going on my second year of looking like an oversized fourth grader walking around with this mouthful of metal. And let me tell you, it was brutal. I, I mean, I still had baby teeth when I was 16. The flip side is I didn't lose my front teeth until I think I was fifth grade. So I've got 10 less years on my adult teeth than most people do of chewing, you know, Jolly Ranchers and Big Honks and Bubble Yum all day long. And so my teeth are actually pretty good shape right now. But... I grew up in Monta Vista, Colorado, and my orthodontist was in Pueblo, Colorado, which was about two and a half hours to three hours, depending on the weather and the road conditions. We just had to travel over one mountain pass, and that was La Vida Pass, which is actually a very nice road when the weather is nice. I mean, it's a wide open pass. The pass tops out about 9,400 feet in elevation. It doesn't have a lot of sharp corners or twisty sections like, like Wolf Creek Pass, for instance, where I ski. That was a pretty treacherous road. But La Vida Pass was pretty open. However, in the winter, it got snow, and it could be very windy. As the pass is basically dividing the San Luis Valley in southern Colorado, which is one of the coldest spots in Colorado, from the Front Range, and that Front Range, Walsenburg, Pueblo area, that's usually one of the warmest spots in the winter. So there was this, this constant exchange of that cold air and warm air right over that pass, and so you could get these horrible whiteout conditions if you had to go there in the winter. But anyway, when I went to the orthodontist, we had to go over to Pueblo, I missed the entire day of school. And so what would happen is the next day, my mom would write me these notes. And it was just on this little like, you know, two by three piece of paper. And she would just say, please excuse Brian, he was at the orthodontist. And she'd sign her name to it and send me off to school with it. Well, when you got there, you walked into the um, office at the school. And on the right was a wall with, you know, all these dividers. And, and you went over to the O and pulled out your, you know, Brian Ott, and I pulled out my little card, and I walked over to the, the secretary, and I said, hey, here's my note. I was gone yesterday, and she put in the dates and sign it off, and they would take and staple that note to the back of that card, and then you go stick the card back in the, in, in the little slot on the wall there. Well, one of the times I was up there, and I'm handing her this card, and she staples her note on, well, she just barely gets the, the note and kind of basically misses stapling it, so it's just barely hanging on in a corner, so when I turned to put it back in, the note fell off in my hand. So I looked at that and I thought, huh. So I just stuck it in my pocket. Didn't know really what I was going to do with it at the time, but I thought, oh, maybe that'll come in handy later. And so, of course, it did. And the one thing I love to do more than anything when I was in school and senior high school is I love to ski. And if you are in Colorado or you know anything about Colorado, Wolf Creek Ski Area, where I ski, usually has the most snow in Colorado. And that year was just a bang up year. So I would use that. I figured out the next week they had a great snow day and I just decided I'm going to go skiing. So instead I went skiing and I came back the next day and I just walked in with that note and I said, oh, hey, is it Dorothy Honest again? And she's like, oh, okay. Signs off and clicks it. Well, that went on pretty much the whole spring. And I tell you what, I about got caught uh, because she looked at me at one time and said, you're sure going to the orthodontist a lot. And I'm like, and I just kind of smiled at her and then I batted my eyes at her and I said, well, I got this mouthful of metal. I said, we're really trying to get it off before senior pitchers. My mom would love to have a picture of me before you know I graduate without my braces. And so we've been going over there a lot just trying to get all this done. And secretary just looks at me and she kind of smiles. She said, well, okay, well, good luck. I hope it works out. So I kind of laughed about that, you know, but I used those notes, the same note over and over again to go skiing quite a bit. Sometimes I go two or three days in a week and it was just awesome. Well, now the question is, was I doing something wrong or was I just taking advantage of an opportunity that was in front of me? Well, from a 17-year-old point of view, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just taking advantage of an opportunity in front of me. But from a big picture point of view, yes, I was doing something wrong. I mean, I was basically committing fraud. I was like using this note and I was lying. I was saying like, oh, 
Yeah, I was at the orthodontist when I wasn't. I was up skiing. And so that is something that is just very easy to do for humans, right? It's our human nature. Take advantage of an opportunity that's in front of you. It's like, you know, it's like the free food. Oh, well, the free food. I might as well take advantage of that and eat some. Well, let's go back to long-term care insurance now. Believe it or not, there is a tremendous amount of fraud that happens with all the insurance that's out there, and long-term care insurance is no different. Insurance companies are constantly fighting fraud, and it pushes up the cost of insurance for everybody. You see these cars that pull out in front of trucks, and they try to stop short, that kind of stuff. And what the insurance companies are constantly battling that is because it's just pushing up claims. It's pushing up expenses, which mean we all pay more in premiums. So at the long-term care conference in Denver in March of this year, they were actually talking about that. That's one of the biggest problems they have is fraud with long-term care. And it is such a big issue that companies are really having to develop task force and try to figure out how they can combat this fraud and make sure that people who deserve the benefits are getting the benefits and people that don't deserve the benefits are not getting the benefits. Because again, we're trying to keep the cost down for everybody. So back in the early 2000s, there was a really big study done on long-term care insurance plans, specifically comparing cash benefit plans to reimbursement plans. And those that paid the reimbursement, so they required receipts, compared to those who just gave you the full monthly benefit, gave you cash, that's what they were comparing. And the results of the study showed a pretty clear pattern. Cash benefit plans resulted in policies being exhausted sooner. The clients ran out of money sooner because, again, remember, it's a bucket of money. We're pulling that money out of that bucket. So if you're pulling the maximum amount out starting day one, you're going to exhaust your bucket sooner. They also found that family members were being paid when they really weren't providing the care. So it's like, yeah, my daughter came over or my son lives in the basement and he's providing care for me, but he's not really doing anything. So they were just pulling out the full benefit. And overall, they just found that there were a lot higher levels of fraud with these cash indemnity plans. People were getting the money. It wasn't really getting spent on care. And the client, the person that needed that care, exhausted their policies a lot sooner. And a lot of them just ran out of money to pay for care when they really needed it most. So in a nutshell, cash benefit plans, more expensive for the insurance companies in the short term. Clients ran out of the benefits sooner. Lower levels of care were being provided for the people who needed care. And the taxes were being avoided on benefits paid to workers. And again, IRS says the benefits to you are tax-free. But when you pay that home health care agency to come in, that's income to them. So they have to pay their income tax and their Social Security just like the rest of us do. And so with these cash benefit plans, they found there was a lot of fraud there too. So most of the companies looked at these results in the study. And they decided to avoid indemnity benefit plans and just stick with reimbursement models, which provide some checks and balances and help eliminate claims in fraud and overbilling. And when we talk about fraud, there's a tremendous amount of fraud from the, just not, you know, the, the people receiving the benefits. That's not generally the ones creating the fraud. It's usually family members or the healthcare agencies themselves. So a lot of times we'll run into this when someone goes out and they hire a healthcare agency and they say, yes, I have long-term care insurance. I have $10,000 a month in benefit. A lot of time those companies will sit there and they'll say, well, you have $10,000 a month. They're going to try to bill you that full $10,000 every single month because they just figure, well, the insurance company's paying it. We're going to get that money. Well, a lot of times you don't need that much benefit. And that's the difference on cash and reimbursement. Reimbursement is going to have that checks and balances. So at the end of the day, if you have a benefit that says, hey, I have $10,000 a month and the insurance company says, okay, we'll pay you up to 10000 but the healthcare provider, that home healthcare agency comes in and they try to bill you 10000 by doing things like, hey, we're going to bill you for 16 hours of physical therapy. Well, on a reimbursement, the insurance company is looking at the plan of care and saying, we've got four hours of physical therapy required a week. What happened? Why are you billing 16? Why are you billing for six hours of grocery shopping? So there's this constant checks and balances and that is the difference on that reimbursement. It lowers those costs on the front end. I keep saying the front end because if you're on claim for four, five, or six years, it's going to balance out. But those initial couple years, the cash benefit plans seem to bleed out a lot more money than the reimbursement, and it doesn't result in a higher level of care. Now, let me take in a quick break here for the news, but stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Carol, and I'm going to show you how we helped our client of the week put a cash indemnity and a reimbursement plan in place at the same time, and I'll tell you why we did it. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. 
Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and welcome back to uh, Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. And if you're new here, we appreciate your interest. And for those of you that listen on a regular basis, thank you. And by the way, if you do listen on the podcast, if you subscribe to that, uh, maybe throw a review on there. I've got a little intern, a little marketing intern, um, Hannah, that's helping us out. And she said, yeah, we can get some reviews on that. That will really help us. I don't know how, um, but that's why I hired somebody to do that. I'm not a big participant of the social media out there, but we're trying to uh, get our podcast out there and let more people experience this. And just, you know, again, because it's it's knowledge, and that's what we're really trying to provide. Knowledge, basic information about long-term care planning, some things to think of so that when you're ready to start looking into a plan, you'll have a little bit more information and it won't be totally new to you. So I always say, you know, car shopping, I don't know, it'd be like, you know, going horse shopping. I know zero about horses. What if you showed up and everybody rode a horse and I had to go buy a horse? I wouldn't know one horse from the other. So that's why we uh, do the show is we're saying, hey, when you're ready to buy long-term care, let's understand the basics between asset base and traditional and cash and reimbursement benefits and things like that. And that's what we're talking about today. And at the bottom of the hour, we always do a client of the week. And this week, it's Carol, who is 68. Carol is married to Jack. And they're looking at putting a plan in place to provide her some protection um, in case she ends up in a long-term care situation. And a quick side note here, a little background. Carol and Jack are on their second marriage. They have no kids together. Jack is 10 years older than Carol. And he has an adult daughter and two grandchildren from his first marriage. Jack, you know, lost his first wife years ago, and so he still, you know, wants to take care of his daughter and his grandkids. He has a traditional plan, Jack does, that he had years ago, and so that's still in place. And we looked at that and said, yeah, just hang on to that. That's a good plan that'll provide you the coverage that you need. But Carol just didn't have anything. So they decided they wanted to try to look at something for Carol for a couple of reasons. And here's their concerns. Number one, Carol may very well be living a long time without Jack. Again, he's 10 years older than her, and statistically, men you know, die before women and women live longer. And so we're looking at that just eyes wide open and saying, yeah, you know, Carol could realistically be around for quite a while. Carol has no children of her own. Uh, Carol does have cognitive issues in her family. Both her mother and her aunt had uh, cognitive issues. So she's kind of worried about developing Alzheimer's or something like that. Jack would like to protect their estate and their assets for his daughter and his grandchildren. You know, so he says, good, look, I want to make sure that my wife gets the care that she needs, but I also don't want to bleed down the estate. So that was a concern of theirs. Is there a better way to pay for long-term care? Should we need it? And again, that's what the show is all about, folks. We are all self-insuring. So what we do with these asset-based long-term care plans is show you a better way to self-insure. And that's what Jack was really interested in. Carol would like the ability to age in home, but she was also very aware that, you know, if she can stay at home, it's going to take different resources. She doesn't know if she can take care of the home without Jack. And so she'd love to get care in home, but she's also very open to moving into a facility and says, I want to be prepared either way. If I do need to move to an assisted living, then I just want to make sure that I have the resources to pay for that. So here's what we found out about him when we started talking with him. Carol was actually just in great shape physically. I mean, the only medication she was taking at 68 was a thyroid medication, and that's fantastic. I mean, I have 40 and 50-year-olds that are taking a half dozen medications, so Carol was in great shape. Carol and Jack are both retired. Jack is having to take minimum distributions from his IRA because he's into his, he's 78 years old, so he's been taking minimum distributions. They both have Social Security. They have cash savings. They have some investments. They own the home that they bought together when they uh, got married. They like to travel, and they go on a couple of trips a year. The, the grandkids are not close to them, so they go on a couple of trips a year to see Jack's daughter and, and grandkids. Jack has long-term care insurance in place again. It was a traditional plan that he bought years ago, and so I just said, look, just hang on to that because uh, the bang for the buck where he's at right now was really worth it, and it was a good company. So he's going to, if he needs it, it'll be there for him. What they wanted from a plan, we start talking about, okay, let's design a plan for you. What are the features and options you want, right? So again, you go up to the car shop, what do you want? Well, I want to be able to tow my boat, okay? So wherever you, you start with your, your, your wish list. Well, they wanted enough benefits to pay for care at home or in a facility without wiping out their savings. Okay, got that. 
Carol liked the idea of the care coronation. She, you know, what she was worried about is if she's on her own, she's like, I want that support. And again, I call, you know, the concierge claim support, the care coronation. Think of these as the travel guides. These are the people that speak the local language. They understand the medical issues, the medical language, and help you get your plan of care and help manage an ongoing care situation. Carol really wanted that. She liked the idea of that. And what I say that, that's, that you say, well, do, don't all insurance companies do that? Again, no, because if you're just a cash benefit plan, most of the cash benefit plans just pay you the cash and they walk away. They don't offer those other services. So again, it's that trade-off. Carol also liked the idea of being able to hire informal care. So Carol is a retired nurse. She still has several friends that are in the nursing community. She still hangs out with them. And she said, you know, I do have some friends, like if something happened to me, that like right now, I would hire. I would rather hire them than an agency, but that might change down the road, but I would like some flexibility to do that. And I said, oh, okay, well, got that, check that box. Jack loved the idea of setting up the asset-based plan. They had assets. He said, I would just like to reposition some of our money that we're going to, you know, would have to spend it anyway. I'd like to reposition that and leverage it up. And if we don't use that, I'd love that money to go back to the estate. So again, he's trying to do some estate planning. How do I pass on some of what I've worked? How do I share that with my family as opposed to just spending it all on healthcare? And they did not want to make payments. That's, that was just something, you know, Jack still had an ongoing traditional plan. It wasn't a big payment, but he said, you know, I'm just tired of it. We don't want payments on Carol if we can. would like to reposition assets and just get a plan set up. So that was kind of their wish list. Okay. So let's just take a peek at this for a second. First off, we have some conflicts here, and mainly it is between, you know, conflicts and what Carol wants. It's between that concierge claim support. So again, I want the, the claim support, the case managers, the care coordination. I want that built into my plan. I want that one number to call and know that I have somebody on the other line that's going to help me. That's our most popular plan by far. So I get that. And it's, you know, when you think about Carol in a care situation, it's like I'm most likely going to be a single woman. And so I would like that. Okay, we've got that. Well, where the conflict comes from is she also wants the ability to hire you know, maybe some friends or some informal care, somebody from the nursing community and not have to go through a licensed agency. Okay, that's a conflict because again, the concierge claim support is a reimbursement plan. You cannot hire informal care. The cash benefit plan allows you to hire informal care, but you do not get any of the claim support. You have to manage all that on your own. They're going to send you a check, but they're not going to provide you someone on the other end of that 800 number to give you ongoing case management and help you that way. So again, this is, you know, we're back on the car lot, right? I want gas mileage and maneuverability of a small car, but we also want to pick up to haul firewood and pull our camper trailer. Well, they don't really go together, right? So you, you, you've got to kind of figure something out here. So that's what's going on with Carol. The concierge claim support plan does not allow us to hire friends and family members or pay for informal care. That policy allows us to um, the policy that does allow us to hire that informal care is a cash benefit plan. They do not provide any of that ongoing claim support or management. So you're going to have to, you know, what do you do? Most people say, well, I got to pick between one or the other. Well, not necessarily. Going over the options with Jack and Carol, we agreed that reimbursement is going to provide the most benefits for Carol as it has the checks and balances in there. It has that concierge support. It has that one toll-free number where they're going to assign somebody for Carol. And so whoever's helping her, whether it's a friend, whether it's a um, power of attorney, whatever, is, everybody's going to have a single contact. And especially if Carol's got dementia, that's what we were worried about. Because remember, her mom had dementia, her aunt had dementia. Well, she's not handling her own finances there. Somebody else is. So if it's not your own child, well, who is it? Well, it might be a friend or it might be a power of attorney. Well, that's where that reimbursement plan with the concierge claim support is going to come in because those people are going to be able, they're going to know the questions that you don't know to ask. They're going to know the answers to those. So we went over this and then the cash benefit plan that will allow Carol the flexibility to hire the people that she wants in case she does hire somebody from the nursing community that she knows and would be great. You know, she says like a lot of these are wonderful people and I can pay them and be less expensive, which is true. And that is true. That's the nice thing about informal care. You generally will pay less and you're going to pay for formal care. So she wanted that, but they don't provide any of those ongoing supports. So what do we do? What do, Jack is gone. What do we do? She's on her own. Well, you want that you know, concierge claim support, but at the same sense, what if she wants to hire a family or friend? So here's what I suggested to him. How about we do both? Why don't we put a reimbursement plan in place and a cash benefit plan in place at the same time? And Carol can draw from both at the same time if she wants to. She can use one or she can use the other. She can use them both at the same time. And if she doesn't use either one of them, doesn't matter. Both of them are going to pay her back more than she put into. We can design a plan like that. 
And so that's what we ended up doing. And this is something, just a little sidebar here. A lot of people don't know this. You can have multiple long-term care plans. In fact, a lot of people have multiple long-term care plans because they started out, they got one at work, maybe they have two, $3,000 a month of benefit. Now they're getting close to retirement. They're looking at that plan going, well, that's really not enough to cover costs, so I need to add to that. Well, what they do is they put a second plan in place. So that's very common. But you can also take out two plans at the same time. And this is actually something that I'm in the process of doing myself personally. I have a reimbursement plan with lifetime benefits. I'm going to add a cash benefit plan because they came out with a new joint plan that will cover two people on one policy. And I really like the flexibility of that. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But let's get back to Carol. This is what we did. So we decided let's start with a reimbursement plan. The reimbursement plan also has a tremendous amount of funding options. And one of the things that stood out to me is that when I was looking at their finances, Jack was taking required minimum distributions. He had a sizable IRA. They did not need all this money. And every year that amount that he has to take out is going up. So I said, you know what, Jack, we can pull some money out in a lump sum out of your IRA. We can spread the taxes out over 10 years. So otherwise, we're going to divide the amount we pull out over 10 years. And guess what? That's going to count towards your required minimum distributions. And so it just means you'll have to pull out less money than you're, you know, you're, you're pulling out the same amount of money. It's just that we're going to have some of it already going to the insurance company. So you're just going to make up the difference. It's going to be a smaller amount out of your existing IRA. Jack thought this was a great idea because that's where the majority of their assets were. They had this large IRA and he's like, I just, we don't need this money, but we are having to pull this out. So here's what we did. We took a single lump sum out of Jack's IRA. And again, remember, we're putting the policy in place for Carol, but because they're married, we can use Jack's IRA and fund this policy for Carol. So we took a single deposit of $220,000. Now, we deposited that with the insurance. Jack, that's a rollover for him. So it's like he took money out of Schwab and put it with Fidelity. That's the same effect. So that $220,000 goes to the insurance company. What the insurance company is going to do is they're going to pull out $27,500 every year for 10 years. Now, if you do the math, you're like, well, wait a second, that's 275. He only gave 220 into the plan. That's because that 220 is still earning a guaranteed interest rate. They're guaranteeing a rate, which is over 4% now. And so he's guaranteed that for the next 10 years. So what they're basically saying is, we guarantee your $220,000 will buy $275,000 of insurance. So he'll get an RMD for 27,500. He can count that towards his required minimum distributions on all of his IRA money. So it's a win-win for, for Jack. And so he goes, this is just painless. I mean, I'm pulling out the money anyway, and I don't need it. So that's just great. Carol has immediate long-term care coverage. What does she get for that? She has $10,217 for just 75 months, a little over six years, or a total long-term care coverage amount. So the bucket of money has $766,000 in it day one. So she can pull out $10,216 until she exhausts seven sixty six. dollars If she's only pulling out $8,000 or $5,000, that policy is just going to last her longer. So again, that's the reimbursement portion. Carol never uses the policy. $255,000 is paid back to the estate. Now, if she uses less than two fifty five, dollars she goes on claim and she only uses $100,000, 155 is still paid back to the estate. And guess what? Since this is, this is Jack's money, so we set the IRA up. The benefit for the long-term care is Carol. The benefit for the death benefit is going to be Jack's estate. It's going to be his daughter and his grandkids. And so it's just a win-win. You know, it's like you said, if, if Carol is going to provide this this coverage for my wife if she needs it, and if she doesn't need it, my money's not wasted, it's going to be passed on to the next generation, just what he was trying to do. So that's what's great. Now, they're guaranteed to get back more than they put in regardless, right? 220 goes in, 255 is coming out one way or the other, but she's got $766,000 of long-term care that she can use at over 10000 a month. Other features of that plan, concierge claim support. So again, they assign somebody to her. She's got that. They'll help her with the plan of care. They'll help make sure that everything is managed. And if she needs to move from her house to assisted living facility, she's got some assistance. That's all built in. Zero-day elimination period for home and community care, meaning that if she needs care, she doesn't have to wait 90 days. She can start getting benefits day one. She's got $20,000 for home improvement, things like grab handles, wheelchair ramps, things like that. She's got $20,000 for caregiver training. So if she does want to hire one of her friends and she wants them to take, they need to take a class on medication management or get up to date on something, she can pay for that out of this policy as well too. It's got a waiver premium built in. And you're like, wait a second. Jack just deposited $220,000. There's no payment. So how can you have a waiver premium? Well, remember that $220,000, just, just picture that going into a savings account in the background at the insurance company. What they're doing is they're pulling out $27,000 a year to pay the insurance company. That's what generates that 1099R every year for the 27000 
So if Carol went on claim the first 10 years, what happens? Well, that waiver premium kicks in for the long-term care, so that 27000 that comes out every year has nowhere to go, so that money's going to go back to Jack and back to Carol. Now, that does not change their tax. It doesn't change anything because it's just a distribution. Instead of paying insurance, it just goes back to them. They can go buy a boat or a car. It doesn't matter. So that waiver premium is kicked in. And also, the other feature that's really cool on this is let's say that Carol goes out, gets hit by the bus, and she's gone. Well, remember, that $220,000 is being pulled out $27,000 a year. That $27,000 a year also has a life insurance component. We're talking about two fifty-five. That's the guaranteed minimum. If she dies year one, 451 is paid back. Year two, 426. Year three, 401. Why is that? Because, again, that 220 went into a savings account in the background. If she dies year one, she gets the full death benefit plus what's left in that savings account, so to speak. So it's just, I mean, Jack was just tickled pink when he saw this. He's like, man, this is just makes a lot of sense for me because it really protects him. If something catastrophic happens to Carol, the estate's actually going to get you know, extra money back because of the death benefit and they'll get the IRA money back that has not been spent down yet. So remember, it's going to take 10 years to drain that IRA money. So again, you know, nice plan reimbursement. She's got the claim support that she needs. Now, behind that, what we did is we set up a second plan, and this was another plan, a cash benefit plan for Carol. And we just funded this with a, a, a some CD money that Carol had. She's like, well, I've got this extra money. What can I do with that? We set up a $4,000 a month benefit on a cash plan. And the reason why the $4,000 is because, again, this is cash. She doesn't. She's like, I don't need it to pay for the full assisted living facility. I just want a little bit of money in case I want to hire some friends and not go to an assisted living facility. So she's got $4,000 a month for six years or a total long-term care benefit of $288,000. She funded this with a single deposit of $78,000 out of cash. She has a $96,000 death benefit. So again, 78 in, 96 coming back one way or the other. She's also got $19,200 guaranteed minimum death benefit, which is going to be paid back to the estate even if she uses all of her long-term care. So she could use $288,000 of this cash benefit policy and still get $19,000 paid back, and she only put $78,000 in at day one. Zero-day elimination period on this policy, which means that it's a zero-day retroactive, which means the first 90 days, she will not get a check, and then month four, she'll get a check for four months, and then every month after that, she'll get her check for $4,000. So her first check will be for basically four months at four, so $16,000, and then $4,000 every month after that. No receipts are required for this. It's under the per diem limits. It's a cash benefit that allows her for informal care. And just think what this really does for Carol and Jack. It protects the estate that they wanted to do. It gives Carol the ultimate flexibility. Instead of just having one bigger plan, she's got a total of $14,000 a month of long-term care insurance, but she can pull out part of it from reimbursement or she can just use the cash plan and leave the reimbursement to go back to the estate. It doesn't matter. She's got the flexibility, but if she's at home, she can hire that informal care. If she goes straight to a facility, she can just kick on her reimbursement. She can also kick on that cash benefit plan and she can bank the difference. So a lot of flexibility on this plan, folks. And this is something that, again, I'm going to put one of these myself because the, the cash benefit plan, remember Carol was saying, I don't think I can take care of this house if Jack is gone. Well, why not? Well, because I can't do the landscaping, can't do some of these things that he does. I just can't. I don't know if I can handle that. Well, technically, you can pay for light housekeeping with a reimbursement plan, but you can't pay for reimbursement and all those other things. And so technically, you know, this is that fine line. If she's got $4,000 of cash coming in, that's going to give her the flexibility that she can use money how she wants. You know, the IRS is going to leave her alone. She's under the per diem limit. There shouldn't be any issues there, but she just has a little bit more flexibility in the reimbursement plan. She's She's got that covered for that formal care, which is probably going to be the majority of her care. I'm looking at my clock here. I've got to squeeze in a break. I go long always on these client of the weeks, but uh, stick around. I got a little bit more. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family, and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you reposition some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. 
Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back in. Uh, thanks again for your interest in tuning in to the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. Again, I've got a class coming up next Thursday, the 21st. And, um, you know, these used to be live classes and then COVID hit. So we moved it to the webinar and we've got a lot of positive feedback. And I think the biggest thing the biggest advantage that we realize is that we can get in front of more people through a webinar now, and it's more flexible. And if you can't make it through the whole webinar, we'll still send you that recording so you can watch it at your own convenience. And so we're, we're trying to break those barriers down because the idea of 525 Advisors, number one, start with education. Get yourself comfortable with what the topic is, what it's about, some of the options, and then when you're ready, we'll start talking about designing a custom plan for you, and everybody's different. And Carol was such a, you know, this is just a great, unique situation. We had some retirement money coming from the husband. We had some cash saving CD over here that Carol said, well, I could just put that in there, and I'd totally do that because that, more money is going to come back either way. But she's got the best of both worlds, reimbursement and some cash benefit plans. And so there's a you know, if you don't know your options, you wouldn't even know to ask those questions. And so that's the whole idea of the podcast and the webinar and our website. We've got a lot of great information on there. So just, you know, peruse that 525longtermcare.com and sign up for that next webinar, which is Thursday afternoon. Now, again, we were talking today trade-offs on plans. Why it, you know, why might it make sense to have two different plans? I will just tell you, when I see a single woman like Carol, which I mean, she's married right now, but she's statistically, yes, her husband will pass away first, and then she may end up in long-term care by herself. And if she has Alzheimer's and she does not have kids or a direct family member right there managing things, cash benefit plans only really scare me in that situation because, you know, again, it's like, who's your power of attorney? All of a sudden, you've got $10,000 a month coming in cash, and they can find a halfway house that takes you for six. They're just going to pocket the other 4000 where reimbursement, again, is going to have that checks and balances. And so that's what we are looking at. So some of the considerations you have to understand when you're looking at different types of plans also is you may want cash benefit plan. However, you may not be, you know, you may not qualify. So it's going to be based on your health. It's going to be based on your age. And so there's, they're not going to, you know, like my reimbursement the lifetime benefits goes up to age 80. Our number one cash indemnity plan only goes up to age 70. And also the health requirements are a little bit different. So you have to look at these total considerations, right? So you may want like the F450 duly pickup, but if you live in a little tiny townhome and you've got a tiny little garage and there's no parking, it might not make sense. That's not going to fit in there. And so the whole idea with long-term care insurance is we kind of have to look at the same scenario. We might have to look at it and say, well, yeah, you may want cash, but unfortunately, because of your health and because of your age, we can't get cash. And then vice versa. Maybe you're young, you're healthy, and you have cash, but you're like, well, I don't have any family members. I don't have anybody power of attorney. Well, maybe a reimbursement would make more sense for you. 
if you're surrounded by family members and you have somebody that you really trust, the flexibility of a cash benefit plan can be just wonderful. So those are things to consider. Do you have a trusted power of attorney? How is your long-term care plan going to pay out? Again, I'm a firm believer that money changes things. It's just like when I was going skiing and using those notes from the orthodontist that my mom would write, I was just taking advantage of something that was out in front of me. And that study verified that. A lot of families that were helping mom and dad out and they had a cash plan coming in, they had this excess cash. Well, instead of banking that cash in case mom and dad lived longer than expected, guess what? A lot of that money just got spent. It got spent on vacations and TVs and new cars. And so there is a downside. And that's what I tell everybody. There's two sides to every coin. The biggest problem with reimbursement plans, of course, you do not have the flexibility to pay a family member. However, I will tell you from my own experience, the vast majority of people who set up long-term care plans do not want their family members to provide that care for them. The vast majority, not all, but the majority. So if you're in that small group that says, you know, I'm, you know, my my daughter or my son's a nurse and they're going to take care of me or we're moving in together, a cash benefit plan might work for you. So again, just keep that in mind. There's a lot to consider and that's what we're going to help you do is design that custom plan. So when you're ready, jump on our website at 525longtermcare.com, click on get a plan. We'll walk you through that process and we'll start that discussion with you and try to figure out if there's something out there that makes sense and not only the right plan, but what's the best way to fund it. And so like our client of the week this week, Jack was just tickled pink because he's like, well, I got to pull this money out over here. I'm not using it anyway. I can put that to work. I'm going to put that to work. So best of both worlds. You burn another week with us. I appreciate it very much. I'll be back next week with another new show. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.